Hello, everybody, and welcome to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show, where we help you win at the game of business and marketing. My name is Adam Homie. I am your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to join us today. As the name says, our listeners are business creators. We have entrepreneurs, small business owners, local business owners. We have marketing and business coaches. We have folks who help others build their businesses. And on the other side of that coin, we have the do-it-yourselfers who like to have your own hands on the levers as you market and grow your business. If you fall into any of the above categories, or all of them, or some of them, whatever, explore episodes. Discover how we help you win at the game of business and marketing at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also check us out on iTunes. Just do a search for Business Creators Radio Show. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us help more business creators just like you. And make sure to subscribe. Fresh content added every single week. Today... We are going to jump on a track that we visit with Business Creators Radio Show every so often. And this is where we talk about the money. Many of our business creators, many of our small to medium-sized business owners who tune in faithfully every week know that in today's financial environment, it seems like the only time you can get a business loan is when you don't need it. This is a struggle that I went through as a business owner myself a few years ago. Back during the 2000s, whatever it is, that first decade, around 2006, 2007, uh, when I was in my first couple years of being a full-time entrepreneur, I had loan officers bring paperwork for business loans that was already pre-filled out. All that needed to happen was for the number to be written in and the signature showing up at my door uninvited, unexpected, unanticipated, wanting to throw money at me. It's crazy how it was. It's like I had a couple loan officers in particular. I'm thinking, is this stalking? That's how much they wanted to throw money at me. So I thought, yeah, what the heck? I took out a small, I took out a debt consolidation loan. Yeah, I had a little bit on the business credit card. You know, let's wipe it out. Paid that loan off perfectly on time. Then five years later, after paying that loan off, every payment on time, right on time, perfect payment history. I thought, well, you know, due to the Great Recession of 2009, I still have a few thousand lingering on a few of the cards. You know, let's do it again. Wow, you'd have think uh, I would have asked for the keys to Fort Knox. I'm not going to take up the whole hour explaining what a surreal, Kafka-esque experience that was. But I do know from speaking with our many, with our, many of our business creators that I am far from alone in what happened there. And I think there are a lot of folks out there who are just looking for either a shot in the arm or a boost or to know that way to get money for their business, to get themselves moving forward and take the right steps to start finance and grow their business, which is why I was so excited when we heard from Jordan Goodman asking for the opportunity to come on the Business Creators Radio Show. And as soon as I had a chance to check out Jordan and find out what he was about and what he had to offer, I said, come on down, come on in, the weather's fine. So let me tell you about Jordan Goodman. He's known as America's Money Answers Man because he's been answering Americans' questions about personal finance for over 35 years. He was the Wall Street correspondent at Money Magazine for 18 years, was the financial commentator on NBC News for nine years, and was on Marketplace Radio for six years. 
He's a regular guest on radio and TV shows across America and is the host of the National Money Answers radio show on the Voice America Business Network. He's written 14 books on financial topics, including the Dictionary of Finance and Investment Terms, Fast Profits and Hard Times, Master Your Debt, and The Ultimate Guide to Student Loans. His website is moneyanswers.com, which is loaded with helpful resources and links Jordan Goodman, welcome aboard. Great to be with you, Adam. I just read off your bio. That's some very impressive stuff. And you know, when I first heard your name, I knew it sounded familiar, even before I had a chance to Google you and find out what was going on. And then when I saw that bio, it's like, oh yeah, I've seen this guy before. I've read some articles. I think I've seen him on TV, heard him on the radio. So for all of our listeners, the Business Creators Radio Show, we got the real deal here in Jordan Goodman. What like- well, I've not made it to the top. By being on the show, all that just was the warm-up for the show. I know, and uh, sometimes, I be, <laughs> sometimes I can be a taskmaster, but I'm going to try and go with you on you, if at all possible. So a couple things we so like just to-, to tell people, just to be ready, I'm going to give very practical advice on all the things you just talked about. And whenever I give advice, I give them what to do, but then I'm going to give them specific phone numbers, websites, resources to put the advice into action. So they should have their papers and pencils ready with them. I have my paper and pencil ready. Our listeners know that not only am I the host, but I'm also a student. I'll be sitting here with my pen and my notepad open looking for the slight edge in my business. So uh, we're on the audience uh, listening to you. But there's just a couple things that we need to get through before we dive into this. We have a lot to do. So before we dive in, let's take a quick step back. I mean, we went through your bio, we've seen your credentials, we know you're the real deal, but tell us a little bit about where the intersection of your brilliance and passion is that drives you and motivates you to do this work. Well, my passion has really helped people make good financial decisions, and I've been doing that for 35 years. Um, I went to Columbia School of Journalism and got a master's there and was doing economic and business reporting at that time. I went to Money Magazine after that and had a you know, really good interaction with the readers of Money. Um, and very early on, the early 80s, I started doing radio shows, uh, TV shows, speeches on behalf of the magazine uh, all over the country. I kind of became the face and voice of Money Magazine uh, to some extent. Right. Um, and so that led – I mean, I'll just give you one example. I've been on X Radio in St. Louis uh, every Sunday for 33 years. I started that in 1983. Nice. Uh, so I'm very, very well known in St. Louis and also in Chicago and Denver and Minneapolis and all kinds of different places. I've been a regular on these shows for, in many cases, 20 years or so. Uh, many of them call-in shows where I answer people's questions on the fly. Um, and that led to the books I've done. I did Master Your Debt because I hear people with all kinds of debt issues all the time. I did Fast Profits and Hard Times, which came out right before the crash of 2008, about how to thrive during difficult times. Uh, the most recent one I came out with, you mentioned, is called The Ultimate Guide to Student Loans, because that's a huge problem for an awful lot of people, particularly starting businesses. If they've got a huge amount of student loan debt, it uh, can be a real burden uh, on them. So I'm always kind of listing what people are asking about and then writing about I do blogs on my uh, moneyanswers.com website. It's got about 60 different resources with uh, videos and links. And my, I'm, I'm the Money Answers guy because I love to answer people's questions about personal finance. I've been doing it a long time. and I'll do it till I'm in my grave. Well, good thing is around. So anytime we have any questions, we can bring you back. Absolutely. Yeah, so stay healthy, my friend. All right. I will try. I okay. exercise three times a week, so I try to stay healthy. Me, me too, me too. So uh, actually for me, it's more like five times a week, uh, although I will confess 
that I need to be more consistent about time of day. It's more like where I can fit it in. The passionate part is I just make sure I fit it in. I do it at the end of the day, actually. And I have a trainer come over at like 9 or 10 at night. And okay. I do it then. And then after I finish, I do elliptical. And then I'm totally exhausted and sweaty. I shower, go to sleep. That's my style. You know what? Uh, I, when I first got into physical fitness about 15 years ago, I was given advice by certain people, never work out at night because it screws up your sleep schedule. But I discovered for myself, and also some friends of mine have had the same thing, it actually helps with the sleep schedule. And if you can be done with your workout around 9 or 9.30, that can facilitate yeah. you being asleep by 10 o'clock, which is ideal for Ayurvedic cycles. Yeah, well, I don't go that early. <laughs> I go to sleep maybe 11. But by having a, you know, my, the trainer comes maybe at 9, works out till 10, and I do the elliptical from 10 to 11, I'm all sweaty, and I shower, and it's like, that's it. It's, to me, that's the way to go. I know other people do it early in the morning, but uh, that's my style. But it's, you, you have to do something, because if you don't exercise, nobody's going to do it for you. <laughs> that's what it comes down to. That's, ver that's very true. I mean, uh, yeah, exercise is something you cannot outsource. I mean, yeah, you can hire a trainer to help you do it, but you can't outsource it and have somebody else sweat for you. That's true. That would be a good business, actually. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it, it, would, it would be. And I, and I think if somebody actually figured that out, they would, uh, they would probably surpass Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, <laughs> and all those other guys, and notoriety and fame and the ability to change the world probably during their first product launch. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I do try to stay healthy. So. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So there's another question we ask all of our listeners and and Jordan, I know this is going to be right up your alley, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to the answer to this one. So I'm going to do the drum roll here. Here in the Business Creators Radio Show, we provide the tools, techniques, and strategies to help entrepreneurs quickly grow their businesses. And a lot of our listeners tell me that they have everything they need to implement anything that we share with them. Any of our experts say they need to do, they can do it, except for time and money. Now, this is a question we ask everybody who appears on Business Creators Radio Show. And what I like is not only the variety of different answers, but also the variety of ways our different guest experts interpret the question. So, Jordan Goodman, how do time and money impact what you're going to share with us today? I'm going to give you one word that's the solution to that problem. Okay, you ready for a one-word answer? I like one-word answers. Leverage. That is the word. So, if you can employ leverage... It gives you unlimited time and unlimited money. You only have so much time in your day, and you only have so much money. But if you can profit off of other people's efforts, that multiplies your impact dramatically. Okay, right. So that's the key to business success is leverage. And, and I don't mean leverage meaning debt. I mean leverage meaning other people's uh, actions benefit you, and you've helped them in one way or another. Yeah. Uh, and I'll just give you an example. Affiliate marketing, okay? So if you do that and you have other people doing things, you get a piece of the action kind of upstream. Uh, Multi-level marketing is another example of leverage. What I do is business deals where I contribute something to the deal, but other people do their part and I profit from their efforts. That is the solution because right. now you're not depending. I only have 24 hours in a day. There's only so much one person can do. That's but if right. you have other people working, including when you're asleep, that leverage, that is the solution to unlimited time and unlimited money. That's very true. And, you know, and what I like to say, and we've covered this on other episodes for our listeners, is uh, you also, just like Jordan, you're sharing with us at, uh, earlier that there's different, ways that you can, um, there's different ways you can achieve success and there's different ways you can achieve fitness. There are also different ways you can achieve leverage. Some people achieve leverage by cloning themselves. Other people achieve leverage 
by only focusing on that one piece of the business, which is their intersection of brilliance and passion, and hiring out the rest. Correct. Outsourcing oh. is a form of leverage. Right. Right. Because you do what you do best, and you have other people support you in in things that you might not do as best, and they do better. Uh, you know, or for, you know that that's the way it works. Is that uh, I mean, what I'm very good at is being on radio and TV and doing books and all the stuff we're doing. I I don't sell people anything individually. I don't close right. deals. I, that's not what I do. But I can refer people to others that'll help. And I've got armies out there who will call people back and actually close deals. And nice. I get a, a benefit from that. So that's that's what I mean by leverage. Nice, nice. I love that, Jordan. And you know. Uh, you know, another thing, another form of leverage is being diversified in your business investments. Uh, I multiple mean, streams of income. Exactly, yeah. multiple streams of income. Being in different industries. Um, I have a, I have a friend, uh, Gary Henderson. He's been on the Business Creators Radio Show. He's known throughout the world as the founder of Interactivity Digital. He's one of our, he's one of my personal friendly co-op. Co he's part of the co-opetition, basically. So, you know, competitor uh, plays at a little bit of a different level than I do. His range of services are a little bit different than mine. But he and I have very similar markets. Uh, I've had him on a business creators radio show. I've done hangouts for him. You know, we're you know we're co-opetition. And what I love about this guy, he's got this seven-figure business, Interactivity Digital. What does he do? He goes and founds an organic restaurant in his hometown called Fresh Greens. Because oh. once he got his once he got Interactivity Digital up to the point where he had a team running it and he didn't have to be personally hands-on with it all the time, he's always had a passion about having a restaurant. So by golly, he went and did it. So now he has two streams of income, and the restaurant's very successful already. I mean, I see the reviews and I see what's going on with it in the first few months. And, I mean, these are two very powerful streams of revenue coming from completely different markets. And that is a I huge... I mean, that's good. What I, in general, I mean, what I do... Yeah. I've got a core competency, which in my case is helping people improve their finances in various ways, and that has many different ways of expressing itself. Right. Okay. So, uh, I mean, I help people get out of credit card debt. I, I help like people pay their mortgages off quickly. I help them invest their money to earn six percent safely. I help people uh, sell their life insurance policies for hundreds right. of thousands of dollars. I help people get better dental plans. I, you know, all these things. I don't do them. But I can refer people to places that I right. know are the best, and I refer to them, and then they do their thing, and I get a little piece of the action. Um, I'm doing what I'm good at. They do what they're good at. Good at. The customer gets something they couldn't get otherwise, and it's a win-win for everybody all the way around. That's what I mean by leverage. Yeah, yeah. Another quick switch here is uh, because you just reminded me of something. We're talking about um, we're talking about an investor in online marketing solutions who also opens a restaurant. Another example I come up with is my own accountant, uh, Dean Pontario. Great guy. He's been my accountant since the very beginning. And when I needed health insurance, when I left the corporate world. He got me my health insurance. He's an accountant. He got me my health insurance because he had those connections and he recognized because his practice niches in small to medium-sized business owners. A lot of these people need health insurance. So right. why not? That's a and, so and that's leveraging a, his expertise. Yeah. And he probably gets something from the health insurance company or broker who, you know, he referred people to. Of course he does. Course and you're help you're getting helped. The broker's getting helped, and so he's leveraging his relationship to make a little bit extra. So that's a perfect yeah. example. So that's, yeah. A lot of people don't really realize this, Adam. You know, a lot of people right. think, I've got to do it all myself. Uh, I've got to do 48 hours a day, and I've got to work like a you know, bunny rabbit on a, on a treadmill here. And, yeah. and you'll just wear yourself out. 
you've got to have leverage, and that's, that's to me, the, the key word, and unlimited expansion of money and time, and it gives you free time to then do what you want. You're off exercising or you're vacationing or whatever. The wheels are still turning even though you're not there. Right, that's that's what I'm working towards myself here. So uh, many different ways we can leverage, and it's funny how just that one word touched off so many case studies, so many examples, and so many different views of the word leverage. It's just the power of the business creator's mindset. So what I'd like to do now, Jordan, is I want to dive in because I know sure. that you are. I, I can hear you over there, chomping at the bit, just ready to just. Just fire hoses with some great information. I am, <laughs> and uh, and you know, and as we mentioned in the green room, you talk fast, I talk fast, and both of us have this tendency where sometimes we start to talk over the other person because we're just bursting at the seams and can't wait to get it out there. And what I'm really having fun with with you here is how we um, a couple of times already have intercepted each other to move on to another point. So my sure. advice to all of our listeners is, if you're listening to this live. Subscribe to iTunes so you get the download. If you're listening to this on iTunes, listen to it again in a day or two with a different set of parameters on your mind, and you will pick up even more. This is going to be action-packed. Question number one, Jordan. What are some of the structures? Let's start at the beginning. What are some of the structures people should consider when setting up a business to make sure they're optimizing their long-term business potential? Very important because a lot of people don't do it. What they do is they just jump into the business and uh, as a sole proprietor, and then later on they create a structure. I always say when you start a business, you should structure it so it's easy to sell in the future. It might be right. 20 years from now or whatever, but set it up so it's easy to sell in the future. If it's a sole proprietorship and it's just all you, you can't sell yourself. <laughs> you know, so you got to set it up. So there are different ways of doing it. And I'm going to give people a resource that can actually help them implement this. Okay. Uh, the, the resource is called businessanswerstoday.com. Right. And they've got a phone number, too, 877-627-5555. And what they do is they help you figure out what is the optimal structure for your business. So let me just go through some of the different structures. Sole right. proprietorship is what most people do. is probably the wrong thing to do because you don't get tax breaks. Your personal finance and your business finance are all mixed up. That's probably the worst thing. And you're also personally liable for anything your business does. The next uh, structure would be a subchapter S corporation, where all the business gains and losses are flowing through to your personal finances, but it's its own separate structure. It has its own taxpayer ID number, its own liability, its own credit lines, its own kind of world in itself. That's what I have as a subchapter S corporation. Right. The next one you could do is an LLC, Limited Liability Corporation, which is kind of like a, a um, protection uh, against uh, lawsuits and so on. So I have my subchapter S inside my LLC, which is actually a Nevada corporation. Nevada happens to have particular asset protection rules where it's different called to so-called pierce the corporate veil. They can't kind of get into you. Say you get sued or uh, somebody's after you for taxes or all kinds of crazy things. It, it, it gives you some asset protection if you have an LLC uh, based in uh, Nevada. Uh, you can do a subchapter C corporation where it's easier to attract investors. Another form would be an LLC, which is a, uh, I mean a, a, a limited partnership, an LP. Yeah. Um, we can bring in partners. There's a whole bunch of different ways of doing it, and depending on your circumstance is what's appropriate for you. Do you want to attract investors in the future or not? That's going to make a big difference as to what structure you are. Do you want to flow through to your individual tax return 
or not. It's not going to happen with a subchapter C, but it would with a subchapter S. So that that that's the place I just gave you, businessanswerstoday.com. It's a place in Nevada called Nevada Corporate Planners. Guy running it named Scott Letourneau. Yep. I've known for many, many years. You know Scott? Uh, Scott's a friend of mine. I've uh, I've uh, you know known him for 13 years myself. I yeah. was I've been to some of his events. Yeah, he and I have hung out at events together. And when I first jumped into entrepreneurship, when I first got the the entrepreneurial bug, my very first move before I did anything, any marketing, any websites, any anything at all, the only thing I had was just one client who was paying me for some part time work. When I decided to build a company around it, my first move was to contact Nevada Corporate Planners. And yes. get a limited liability company set up. My second so move that makes your life a lot easier going forward. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so you know, Scott. I mean, I, these are high quality people. Yeah. He he calls himself the McDonald's of small business because people don't teach you how to set up a small business. That's what he right. does. So yeah. You go into his store and you say, you know, this is my situation. Should I do an LLC? Should I do a limited partnership? Sub S. What, what, and, and there are pros and cons of all of them. In many cases, I'm not. This is what I've done. It makes sense to have it domiciled in Nevada, even though your operations are elsewhere in the country, just yeah. for asset protection reasons. Yeah, ab- abso- absolutely. Um, is that, you know, and, and I'll just close off with, you know, Scott Letourneau, is, I mean, he's a business creator's champion, and you really you need to do anything with business. What was really cool about it back in 2003, I didn't know from Adam corporation setups or things like that. I wrote a check yep. to Nevada Corporate Planners, and uh, – I didn't know that there was actually an expedited version and a regular version. Uh, I ended up paying extra for the expedited version without even knowing what I was doing, really. And what was really cool is I had the limited liability company and all the protections that came with it literally, literally in 24 hours. Uh, right. Yeah, jo- yeah, yeah, like they will do it all for you. A joke that Scott and I have between each other, and every time I see him, I remind him of this. Um, my corporate entity is named Assess Communicate LLC, and the joke is that he's the fir- he, that he was my predecessor as the first president of Assess Communicate LLC. What they literally did is they formed Assess Communicate LLC with himself as the first president, did all of the business stuff, and then at the end of day one, he resigned and had the board of had the board of directors appoint me as the next president. So I joke with him, and he's the guy I brought in to do the paperwork because I hate paperwork, and then he turned it over to me. Exactly the way it does. So you, you register with the uh, Nevada Corporation, uh, you know, Secretary of State of those corporations, and you put his name on it, and then it becomes you, basically. So right. this is not something the average person needs to figure out. Okay, that's, just that's, go to him, and they've, they've done this thousands and thousands of times. Again, their website, business. AnswersToday.com. So I'm glad you know Scott. These are the kind of people I deal with. High quality people. Yeah, all the way kind of people I deal with too. And uh, you know, and we talk about him inside our Business Creators Institute website as well. So you know, great resource. Great. Question number two for you. And this is something I alluded to when I introduced you. This is something that I vented to you about in the green room. And this is something that a lot of people have vented to me about. There's a lot of commiseration about this. Uh, in today's environment, it can be difficult for small businesses to get loans from banks. Actually, I think a more accurate statement is if you're a legitimate business with good credit, you're treated as a criminal. So basically what you have to do is be a bankrupt defaulter to get any sort of consideration. So, <laughs> I don't got to give it to you if you're bankrupt defaulter, but you're right. What's happened is since the financial crisis, and you told the story very well, before the financial crisis, credit was far too easy. People were getting loans that should not have gotten loans. 
So I agree it was too easy, but after the financial crisis, with the Dodd-Frank and other regulations, they've made it much, much, much more difficult for small businesses to get loans, and in many cases impossible, really. Right. And it's not only as a business, but they look at all your personal finances, even though it's a separate entity, uh, they, you know, do you have student loans, credit card debt, what's your personal credit score? They're, they're honing in on your personal life, even though you're applying for the business. It's just right. ridiculous, just because there's a, a signature guarantee. So the, the result of this is that people are giving up on the banks in many cases and going to an entire new world of alternative lenders out there. Now, some are good, some are really bad, okay? Right. The ones that I think are good, there's a website, companylendingsolutions.com, and their phone number is 877-267-8623. And what they do is they assess your situation as a business. They have many different sources, depending on what you need, how much you need, your, your credit criteria uh, to do it. Now, for example, hedge funds are getting into the small business lending area. They want to earn a decent return on their money. And so they may charge you 6 or 8 or 10%, depending on your credit and so on. But you can get it. You can get it quickly as opposed to having to go through all the rigmarole uh, from banks. Um, there are individuals that run to small businesses. There are, there's a lot of different players who are getting into this field to f- kind of fill the void that's been created by these banks, not uh, you know, making, it, making it so difficult to get loans. Right. So again, companylendingsolutions.com. I know the people there very well. They work on a national basis. And depending on the situation, they will find you the best loans, small, big, whatever your credit situation. Right. Um, if I can, yeah. If I can ask candidly, I mean, I, I don't know much about CompanyLendingSolutions.com. It's the first time I've heard of them, but I've had conversations with a lot of alternative lenders as well, and there are a lot of you know plans out there where you make daily payments and sometimes so, so the interest kind of high. Company Lending Solutions, I think, is a good one, Adam. Let right. me tell you what I think is a bad one. Okay. What I think is a bad one are what are called merchant cash advances. Which is that's what I was, That's kind of what I was talking about. Yeah. Tell okay. us about that. Merchant cash advances, in my mind is what I call the payday lending for small business. Right. Okay? You get on a treadmill where you can never get off. Very, very high fees, high interest rates, like 30%, 40%, sometimes even higher than that. And they attach your merchant uh, credit card processing and literally take a piece of your credit card processing, not only the fee for doing the credit card processing, but they're taking daily deposits out of whatever's coming into your account. Right. Um, and they make it look easy, Say, oh, you know, it's unsecured. It's, you can get your money in 24 hours and right. all that. But once you get into it, it's like getting into a never-ending treadmill that you can never get off of. So I, I'm very much against merchant cash advances because it looks easy, but a lot of people are trapped. And I think that's the most expensive, probably the worst way to finance a business today. Yeah, I know, because I looked into some of those, too, and then when I got into some of the terms, it's like, I listened politely, and I made a big show of acting like I was taking down their phone number in case I wanted to call back or something like that, but I'm thinking, eh, I think there's a better way, and my problem isn't actually that big. I mean, this was right. kind of a visceral reaction when I tried to go for another traditional bank uh, small business loan, and uh, with the change in the financial and regulatory climate, they wouldn't give me one, despite my own personal credit scores, which usually right. are in the, in the high sevens, sometimes even the low eights, and Assess Communicates LLC's uh, perfect record for making timely payments on everything. I but mean, it's just simply a matter of we went out. But, but to, do, to go from that to being rejected by a traditional bank to going to Merchant Cash Advance, 
Merchant Cash should be an absolute last resort. Right. And yet a lot of people find it to be the first resort because they're very aggressive. There's tons of them out there. Oh, yeah. I actually get letters from them all the time. Sign here. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know. Now, they don't put you in, in very big letters. You know, it's 40% interest or something, and then, uh, you know, it's 5% of the amount borrowed upfront fee or something like that. But, uh, right. It, it, it's, this is the way it used to be on the consumer side. Yeah. would send out checks. Sign this check and deposit it. You know, great. Now, in the fine print, it says, you know, 32% interest and a 4% upfront cash advance fee or whatever it may be. Yeah. It's not yeah. done as much on the individual level, but it's being done with businesses. So I have a big red flag against merchant cash advances. Yes, and I, and I, and I thank you for taking a few moments just to point that out because I want our listeners to be very clear when you're making these decisions. I had to do my own research. I didn't have Jordan Goodman standing by my side when I was trying to figure this out. So um, I'm, Most I'm, people don't have a clue. You know, right, they just exactly. make it easy. And, and a lot, I mean, the next thing I want to talk about is what happens if you have too much business debt. Okay. People that I talk to there say 80% of their business is from people who've gotten it over their head with merchant cash advances. Oh, okay, so, wow. yeah. So let me just go to that one if we can. Yeah. This is if you've got too much business credit card debt or you know business debt of any kind, what most business owners do is they go hide under the desk and hope it all just goes away. Yes. They've got creditors calling them and writing them nasty letters and collection agencies, and they just kind of want to hide from it all. That only makes it worse. You've got to deal with it, not hide from it. Um, so there's a, uh, an operation called Corporate Turnaround, Corporate Turnaround, and their website is helpwithpayables.com. Dot com. Uh, their phone number, 877-377-3669. And what they do, they have an ingenious, what I call a prioritization system, where they, you have many different creditors. Some have more leverage over you than others. Okay? Right. If you have the utility company and you're running a factory and they turn the lights off, you're out of business. Okay? They've got a right. lot of leverage. Okay. If you had a lawyer that con- negotiated a contract for you three years ago, it's like nice, but you know, you, you know, it's, it's, he doesn't have much leverage on it. Let's put it that way, and everything in between. So what they do is you go to them, and you show them all your creditors. They then have an algorithm that gives a weight, a leverage ratio to each creditor as to how much power they have over your business, and then they make offers to those creditors based on the amount of leverage you, they have. So you, they go to each of the creditors and say, okay, do you want uh, $0.100 cents on the dollar? Uh, you'll have to wait five years. <laughs> you know, right. Or do you want $0.05 cents on the dollar? I can give it to you next week or anything in between. If you wait six months, we'll give you $0.40 cents on the dollar, whatever it may be. The creditors then agree to those negotiations. Right. And then you make one payment to corporate turnaround. They pay the creditors. You don't have to deal with the creditors at all. You can get back to running your business. That's a tremendous value to an awful lot of people. Last time I talked to them, they said about 75% of the businesses that they use them survive. Because otherwise, a lot of businesses do not survive if they're being pounded by creditors. And the ones that have the least leverage are often the most vociferous in wanting their money first. Yes. You know, I'm not saying ignore them, but they don't have as much priority as somebody that can you know, shut your business down the next day. So... Again, if that helps anybody, it's called Corporate Turnaround. Their website, helpwithpayables.com, 877-377-3669. They've literally saved tens of thousands of businesses in this country to get them out from under debt. It's kind of like 
the credit counseling organization for businesses. Think of it that way. Yeah. You know, with credit counseling companies work with individual um, credit cards and consolidate them into one payment at a lower rate, get them out. This is doing the same thing for small businesses. Well, first of all, let me say, um, and I and I warned our listeners about this. This is going to be a fire hose of information. I asked Jordan question number two, and he doesn't stop until he's answered question number two and question number three, which is, what if a small business gets into a lot of debt? So I actually have a couple follow-up questions on number sure. three before we jump to number four. And the first one is, um, if you use something like uh, like uh, helpwithpayables.com, uh, and you use that to uh, get out of business debt because I know what you mean by crippling debt. It feels like 100% of all your revenue goes right to debt service and you can't right. even breathe. Right. Exactly. I have a lot of people that felt that way. Um, my business a few years ago was, well, not quite that bad, but it's like, for goodness sake, can I please have a nice balance in my checking account for one freaking day before yep. four more automatic payments come through? Now, the right. is in the past three years, we've set a lot of those balances back down to zero by just grinding at it and grinding at it and working on one car at a time and just knocking them out, knocking them out, knocking them out. So our situation keeps getting better and better and better. But uh, so the first question is, let's say there's someone um, where they've already made some progress getting out of their business debt, um, and it's not an emergency, but it's still like they're spending a couple thousand dollars a month just working off these credit card balances, and while they still have enough funds to get by, it's still kind of hand to mouth, and if they could just get rid of having to pay these credit cards altogether, is, I mean, again, there's no emergency, there are no debt collectors, payments are being made timely, but their balances are just not getting paid off fast. Now remember, you're, you're settling your debts right. at pennies on the dollar. Could be right. 30 cents, 40 cents, 50 cents, depending on what it is. But you are saving a huge amount of money and interest because the creditors are willing to settle for far less than 100% of the dollar. So you're saving a tremendous amount of interest. And the fees that they charge at Help with Payables are minimal, like 1%, you know, minimal amount. So you're saving far, far more than you're paying. So that's on the financial end, but also on the psychological end, to feel like you do not have to deal with these creditors at all. It's like if they call, call Help with Payables. That's, they deal that. I, I don't do that anymore. And you right. can get back to running your business. So it has both a psychological and financial advantage to have it consolidated. Even, and you don't want to get into this like when you're on the precipice. And, am I going to close the doors tomorrow or not? You know, you want to get there way before something like that happens. Get under control. Right. So, so to let me finish ask, asking my question <laughs> is uh, again, we're both such energetic guys here. Is um, if it's not an emergency, like as I just said, you know, you are making timely payments, you are getting yep. those balances down, you're not using the cards anymore. Uh, but it's just like your balances are just not going away fast enough for your liking. Well, these Lenders have any incentive to sell yes. for pennies on the dollar? Yes, they do. I mean, that's what these people do all day is settle with credits. Now, I mean, there's a nice way of doing it. There's a not nice way of doing it. The nice way is let's, you know, you're going to get paid regularly. The not nice way is to threaten them. If you don't deal, then we're going to, you know, get zero or something like that. So right. most credit, I mean, this is what these people have done professionally for like 25 years. You know, if you're running your widget factory, you're not in the, like, credit or negotiation business, you know. And that's what these people do, is they negotiate with creditors. Now, not all of them cooperate as easily, but if you have most of your creditors cooperating, like everybody's on board here and you're sitting out there getting nothing, you know, they come in, a, 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 you know, eventually, kind of do it. So, you know, just get – it's just like we were talking at the beginning, Adam, about leverage, Right. right. 
get part of leverage is hiring people to do things you're not good at. And negotiating with creditors is probably not something most small business creators are very particularly good at. Right. And here you have a place that can, has done this for thousands of businesses for 25 years. They're very good at it. And, and more than just talking, they've got algorithms that allow them to know specifically what leverage that particular creditor has over you. And that affects the negotiation big time. They're going to offer a different deal to the electric utility that can cut off your bills, to cut off your light, and then they are going to give to some creditor that you know you haven't been using for a year, right? So right. it's not, they don't give the same deal to everybody. They do it based on the amount of leverage that creditor has over you. Right. So it's a very sophisticated system that you, as a business creator, have no possibility of doing on your own. Right. Exactly. So my other follow-up question is: is let's say that you reach out to somebody like uh, HelpWithPayables.com, and it's, and it's under the scenario I discussed. It's not an emergency. You are making your timely payments, but it just feels like it's not moving fast enough, and you would love to just free up that cash flow and just be done with it. So right. knowing that these creditors may be getting pennies on the dollar, does that turn around and screw up your business credit or your personal credit? Not necessarily. Anyway? So your business credit is uh, done in Bradstreet. The big number that people look for is what's called the Paydex score, okay. which is how you pay your bills on time. You are still paying your bills with these creditors. Now, the bill may be reduced. You may have owed them $1,000, and they've agreed to take 500 but you're still paying on time the 500 okay? Right. So your Paydex score will not be hurt if the creditors agree to take less. And creditors agree to take less all the time. Okay, they're not going to volunteer that, but that is the reality in Ooh. today's world is creditors are willing to take 20, 30, 50 cents on the dollar, depending on the situation, instead right. of getting nothing and having you go bankrupt. Then they, get, then they have no chance of getting anything out of you. Right, exactly. Now, now, I heard you say not necessarily, so how could it affect you? Well, I mean, if you don't make those payments, then your paydex score is going to go down, right. and your business credit is going to go down. I mean, the idea is they're going to come up with a plan that you can afford. You agree to it. <laughs> like right. If, if I can pay you $2,000 a month, and that'll cover all my creditors, can you afford that? And they look at your budget and say, yes, you can afford that. So you've agreed to something. They'll do that with an automatic withdrawal, and then everything goes smoothly. If you start not making those payments, and then everybody else doesn't get paid, then things start going downhill. But it's the uh -huh. best chance a lot of people have to kind of get the monsters of all these creditors off their back. Right, right. So kind of the be-all and end-all, so to speak, is whether or not you're making the payments on time. It's not important, rather as important, what that payment is, Correct. as long as it's done timely. And I can see from Correct. the from the like the business credit card company's perspective, where like let's say somebody has five thousand dollars on a business credit card, and just because they, even though their business is doing okay, they just don't have the additional cash flow to do more than minimum payments. Um, it might meet, it might be like a small drop in a bucket to them, but it might be somehow a feather in their cap one way or the other for something on their charts to just be able to say, well, we had this one guy who owed us five thousand dollars on a credit card, and we got this one settled today. Yeah, we got 3000 for it, but we got the 3000 now versus having Correct. to wait years for our 5000 So, I mean, what these companies are doing is, I mean, the, the ones that are working on your behalf, is they're giving you time as a right. business owner. They're giving you breathing space. Because as you said before, if they're kind of, these creditors are jumping down your throat, demanding their money instantly, you can't possibly pay them all. You need a little breathing space to be able to concentrate and make your business better improve your cash flow so you can eventually pay these guys off. So it's, you know, it's both financial and psychological. Give you a little space 
to kind of make things better instead of like being, as Trump calls it, incoming. <laughs> that yeah. All the time. <laughs> that, it's, it's a hard environment if you're being bombarded all the time. It's not easy to grow your business. Well, if there's, if there's anybody that I will listen to on how to recover from being in a big financial hole, it's Donald Trump. We have to remember, this is a guy who uh, went through such a period of being in a down place that he wrote a book about it called The Art of the Comeback. This is the guy who at one point looked at a beggar on the street and said, you know, that guy's $82 million richer than me, or whatever number that was. Because <laughs> yeah, he went back up four times. Right. You know, well, right. well, 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 corporate bankruptcies, uh, of course, yeah. I mean, out of his... He, he got bailed out of the plaza yeah. by the Saudis. I mean, he's had one escape uh, after another. Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, there's been a lot of escape hatches there, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and 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 again, you know, well, you know, you just you just look at that, and 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 before we move off Trump here, I just wanted to say that you know one of the anecdotes about him is that uh, in the in the late 1980s he had bought a yacht. And then a few years later, when he was in his down period, had to sell the yacht to pay his Amex bill. Yeah, that's that's pretty rough for a lot of people. But yeah, yeah. yeah, so the average small <laughs> to medium-sized business creator who uh, who ran a few thousand dollars on their corporate Amex to get themselves through a rough period during the Great Recession, um, you know, it could be a lot worse. You could have to sell your yacht just to pay your Amex bill. What a I terrible mean, thing. What a terrible thing. Yeah, I know. I, I, I know. Ser- seriously, first world problems and all that. So, <laughs> all right. So question number four, and we have five questions here. One, question number four. How can I earn a decent yield on the cash that I keep in my business instead of... This is a big problem for a lot of people. They've got money, either individually or in their company, sitting there earning zero. Now, the bank likes that. They want you to have as many so-called compensating balances as possible, but it doesn't mean you have to sit there and earn nothing on your money. It's just ridiculous. So here's a way I'm going to give you right now, uh, which is called commercial mortgage bridge loans, where you can uh, earn 8% super safely, over uh, you know paid monthly. Uh, the minimum commitment is 18 months, uh, with no fees whatsoever. You got to get monthly checks from it. There's a website for that, which is Commercial real estate income fund dot com. Okay. And their phone number is eight 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 four 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 two one zero two. And what they're doing is they are helping small businesses renovate or improve or sometimes build new commercial properties of various types. Could be apartment buildings, shopping centers, office buildings, they're big in assisted living, those kind of things. Um, and so because the banks are so super tight as we talked about earlier, they can't get loans to do these kind of short-term projects, bridge loans, they call them, and therefore they supply the capital. They get a decent interest rate, maybe 12%. They're passing 8% on to you. And then the developers are also giving up part of their profits um, to you, the lender. So when they say they do an apartment building, say they renovate it, and then 18 months later they sell the building, uh, 50% of the profits go to the developer, 50% go to the investors. So you actually get a kicker uh, tip starting in 18 months of a profit sharing on top of that. So you're going to get 8% consistently, and then starting 18 months later, you get an additional typically about 2% uh, profit sharing as well. And you can stay in it as long as you like, no fees whatsoever. If you want to get out of it, minimum 18 months after that, you give them three months' notice and get your, your principal back. And they've had a long-term track record of doing these th- things. You can do that both as an individual uh, in an IRA, or you can do it inside a company where you have company cash sitting around earning nothing, 
I've now just given you a way to earn 8% on your money instead of zero in a completely safe way. And again, the website for that, commercialrealestateincomefund.com or 888-444-2102. This is not something you'll ever hear about from a bank because they're going to say, just leave huge deposits with us earning nothing. And we're, we, meaning the bank, are very happy. You know, I, I like that a lot. And, you know, there's another thing out there. Uh, there. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but I encourage our listeners to go to Business Creators Radio Show, go to the iTunes channel, and you'll find us. There is There are companies out there, and we interviewed the vice president of one of these about a year ago, where they invest in high-value websites, uh, you know, they get a lot of visitors and have a lot of revenue. So they actually invest in these websites, and you can buy shares in websites. Uh-huh. Just, like buy, yep. just like buying real estate. And when you think of it, and this is the point of when we did the interview, is the websites themselves are real estate. They take up space right. on the web. They are a place where money flows and money goes, and they need funding to pay for the traffic generation strategies uh, right. that keep that keep the money coming in. So you can become electronic an, real estate. Think about exactly, that right. electronic real estate. Yeah, so that's just something else I want to put out for our listeners. Just a reminder: there's but the a lot point of point is you don't have to have your money sitting there earning nothing. Right. Okay? The bank is never going to tell you anything different. They're going to say this is a wonderful thing you're doing. But no, you don't. You could be earning 8% super safely with some level of liquidity, getting monthly cash flow from it as well. I'll, I'll take 8% over 0% any day of the week, twice on Sunday. That's good. <laughs> All right. So, Jordan, you know, you've been doing this for 30-some years, and in the 45 minutes we've spent together – all I can say is, wow. I, I mean, I'm going to have to go back and listen to this one a few times, and I'm the host of this whole shebang. So <laughs> I've got one more I want to get get to. I hope we have a, have time for it, which is cleaning up your credit report as a business. Yeah, that wasn't what I was going to ask next, but uh, that is perfect. Let's get in there and let's do that one. Go for it. So just like with your personal credit report, you think there's one Adam Homie. There's actually three Adam Homies, personally. Ooh. There's an Equifax <laughs> Adam, an Experian Adam, and a TransUnion Adam. Right. And the three of them kind of know each other a little bit, but they're actually kind of different animals. And right. you have different credit scores, different things. Some are reported, some are not reported. Uh, you've got to stay on top of your personal credit report. But the same is true with your business. You've got to stay on top of your Dun & Bradstreet report. Equifax actually has a business credit report as well. Because when you apply for credit, they're going to take a look at that. And they, the Paydex score we talked about is part of it. But also they want to see your balances. You know, they're going to see what's going on with your your credit at all times, and a lot of people have all kinds of errors on their business credit reports, just as they have errors in their business, their, their personal credit reports and business, both of them. There's a website that can help people there, which is tourdebusiness.com, T-O-U-R-D-E business.com. They've got a phone number as well, 732-413-8559, and they battle with Dun & Bradstreet, to improve your credit report so your paydex score and your everything goes up just as with an individual one you want to get your credit score as high as possible because when you apply for credit you want to have the lowest interest rates the best terms possible so both on the personal and business side you got to keep your credit report as clean as possible and accurate as possible 
Right. And, and you know, I became aware of uh, just the power of business credit reports about two years ago because I was looking to finance some things that, you know, I didn't want to use my personal credit for this because it was really a business expense. Because, you know, a lot of folks, when they first start out creating their business, they end up doing a lot of things that they think are business expenses, but it actually turns out that it's linked to their personal social security number. Yeah. They didn't even realize it. I fell into that myself. So there was something I wanted to invest in that I'm very clear this is a business expense. So I said, okay, so you're definitely using Assess Communicate LLC to pay with this. And they, uh, I said, yeah, I do not want this linked to my social security number. And they said, okay, we got to run your business credit. And I said, oh, I have one? Yeah. Yeah, you do. So they, ran, <laughs> so, they ran, so they ran it and came back to me a few minutes later, and they said, wow, can we sell you the Taj Mahal too? I must have been doing. I didn't even right. know you had a good business credit report. Been, must, yeah, I didn't even know it existed. And and uh, and and uh, when I, I had a conversation with them about it, and they said, "Yeah, you have a perfect record. No matter what you owe, even if it takes you ten years to pay it off, at least you pay it on time." Yeah. Like okay, so that, finally paid. Right. I got it. Finally have a business credit report. Yeah. Even no, no. So Dun Bradstreet keeps track of your payment history. Now, if you're paying on time, what you want to do is have many. Uh, creditors report to them. Most creditors do not report to Dun Bradstreet, like the big ones, banks or American Express or something will. But like you pay your accountant or whatever, you know, local things, they're not reporting to Dun Bradstreet unless you tell them to do so. Right. So you want to get your paydex score up as much as possible. The more experiences they have over a longer period of time, the better it's going to be. And when you apply for business credit, that's going to help you get a, a much better deal, much better interest rates, much better terms. Okay, before we get to question number five, uh, if you could do me a favor and either agree or disagree with me on this, and if you, in either way, tell me why. Um, advice that's given to a lot of folks, and this was given to me as well when I first started out in business, is, well, if you don't have any business credit cards yet, just take one of those personal cards, pay it off, and then use it only for business expenses. Then it's like a business card, and the IRS won't care. Well, I disagree. The, the, I disagree, I, the right? IRS is, has not told me they care, and you're going to tell me whether or not they do, but I found that lenders care a lot. Yeah, I would not do that. You really want to establish business credit in the business credits, the business's name with the business taxpayer identification number. Right. You do not want to do that on your individual because it, it's affecting your individual credit. They don't know what you're using it for, if it's business or personal expenses, but is the business paying the credit card bill? Or is the individual paying the credit card bill? This is where we talked about earlier about sole proprietorship versus uh -huh. like a subchapter S and an LLC. Sole proprietorship, personal credit cards. LLC, subchapter S, business credit cards. In the name of the business, in their employer identification number, keep them separate, and then you're building good credit both individually and in your business. Let me just say one thing, and, and, I, and I see this a lot of time, especially with business creators starting out. And they say, well, yeah, I heard about forming corporations and LLCs and all that, but I spoke with somebody who's a lawyer and they said, you don't need to do that. Uh, just do a sole proprietorship. You're not big enough to do an LLC. And you know what I do is I, I, I pretend like I am very interested in what I ha they have to say. And I say, huh, I never, that, that's very interesting. You know, I, I, I might want to think about this myself. Um, can you give me your attorney's name and number? And I take that because I want to know who not to call. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the difference is if you go into business, you've got to be serious. Right. Okay? The IRS's rule is you have to have the intention to earn a profit. doesn't mean you have to earn a profit, but you have to show a legitimate intention to profit. Right. Okay, if you're just doing knitting on the side and you may sell some to your grandmother or something, you know, fine, that's not a, a business. 
But if you're serious, and what we are, your show is about is creating businesses, then you should be serious about setting up the right corporate structures that we talked about before and not just running out of your back pocket as a sole proprietorship. Right. Absolutely. So we have about eight minutes left here, and I do want to give you a minute at the end here before we close out. But let me just ask our final question here. You know, you've been doing this for 30-some years. You've been known all over the world, and you've certainly given me a financial education today. I knew some of this stuff already, but you've opened my eyes to some things. Jordan, what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned that have made your business that you run so successful? Uh, the people you deal with make all the difference. Okay, business is not just business, it's people and it's relationships. And you have to honor those relationships, uh, be reliable, uh, be trustworthy, be honorable, and wonderful things can happen. Okay, right. Um, every business has gone through some disaster, and I might as well tell you what my disaster is because yes. you, know, you learn from disasters. Okay, and any disaster I've ever had is about people not being trustworthy or honorable one way or the other. So I'll tell you my – should I give you my biggest disaster ever? I don't know. That's the most exciting one, I guess. Right? we got a couple minutes here, so give us the biggest one because I want, our, I want our listeners to know they're not alone. So there's a guy I worked with when I was at Money Magazine named Sonny Block, who was a major radio talk show host for uh -huh. like 10 years, uh, 300 stations a, a day all over the country. I was a regular on his show once a week for like 10 years and knew Sonny extremely well. Um, so we ended up doing a book together, kind of. I mean, he posed for the cover with me. It was called Everyone's Money Book. Right. And I came out in about 1991. Yep. Um, and uh, it was a fantastic book. I wrote it 100%, and he posed for the cover, basically. But he was an absolute marketing machine on his radio show and so on. So everything was going fine until, in 1992, uh, he ran off to the Dominican Republic, um, dropped his wife of 25 years, married a printing baroness and did all kinds of things that were illegal and he was on the lam from the FBI. He was doing his radio show from the pool atop this printing baroness's uh, you know, estate in Dominican Republic. He didn't think there was an um, extradition treaty with Dominican Republic. Well, it turns out there was. Oh. So to make a long story short, they went and got him. He ended up in the tombs, which is the... the, the uh, the jail in New York City. Yeah, I know. Um, on the fr splashing on all the tabloids, you know, Sonny indicted for all these bad things. And here I'm out there with a book, with my picture next to Sonny. <laughs> I mean, he had nothing to do with the book whatsoever, but it, it did not it was not good for my image. And I'm at Money Magazine at the time too. Right. So my editor of Money was not too happy about all this bad publicity. So, you know, my mistake was judging character, and this is somebody I dealt with weekly for ten years. You know, so. He, he was interviewing Alan Greenspan and every top person there was, but he got too greedy is what it came down to and did all kinds of things. I mean, what he was doing was selling interests in radio stations he was trying to buy uh, directly with the public without having it. it was kind of an unregistered security, and the SEC came after him for that, among other things. So, I mean, what I learned from it is you really got to judge people's characters carefully and know who you're getting in bed with is what it comes down to. And that was – so I recovered from it. We immediately came out with another edition of the book with my picture only on the cover, but it was not fun to have me out there on the cover of this big book with this guy that's being written up in the tabloids all the day about all these horrible things he was doing. So yeah, that's my biggest mistake. Yeah, and you know I've heard that story from a couple folks, and you know I found myself in situations in the past where I was in relationships where uh, one of the people involved might not have been behaving at the highest level of ethical standards. And, uh, I mean, the best thing you can do is 
find your way out. I mean, it, you don't have to have like a mid, you know, like an old Western showdown at the OK right. Crowd or anything <laughs> right. like that, but uh, just get the hell out. Right. So in this case, I had to have a reprint the whole book, the 900-page book with a different cover and expunge Sonny's name like it was, you know, Stalin's day where they expunged you from existence. <laughs> yes, yes. But anyway, that, that's, yes. That, that's what happened with me. So it's about relationships. That's a key thing is know who you're getting involved with and do good things with good people and good things will happen. Try things with bad people, bad things will happen. That's putting it very simply. Absolutely. So, Jordan, we're near the top of the hour, and you've already given us a ton of resources. Everybody, go back and listen to this one again and have your pen and paper out because uh, Jordan has given you so many specific resources that you can follow up on and get started doing some of these things today. So what I'd like to close out with is I imagine that there's somebody out there who's listening to this. I don't know if they're listening to it live. I don't know if they're listening to it on the iTunes podcast, or I don't know if they're listening to it through any of our syndication networks. But somebody out there has heard what you've said, and they are on the edge of their seat wanting to engage with you further and take it to the next level. How do they do that, and how can you help? So my website is moneyanswers.com. Right. You'll see a lot of resources, links there. I do take emails. I'll be glad to get emails from the Business Creator Show listeners. Uh, I call people back. I help them out. They can't believe that I call them back, but I right. actually do. And I've done this for many, many years and love to help people in whatever situation they may be in. If I can help them directly, in many cases, I'm going to refer them to places like some of those we talked about during the show that have expertise in whatever their particular area is. So I'm really glad to help your folks. MoneyAnswers.com is the place to find me. Yeah, I've had a chance to check out MoneyAnswers.com, and it's um, you know, it's a it's a it's a pretty good website. You have a bunch of uh, you have a bunch of videos where you help people with some of these topics. Uh, I know some of them are um are you know like uh, consolidating unsecured debt, which is something that we spoke about earlier, which is a big deal. Yeah. And then we talked about credit cards. Um, the key to getting better credit cards. Uh, you know, there's there's some great information there. Uh, enhancing your credit score, we spoke a lot about that, and we didn't have time to do this today. But uh, you know, there's protecting from ID theft. We did uh, do a little bit about settling your debts. There's just so many things on this website, and so many different categories. I mean, debt and credit, mortgages, investing, life lock, uh, th th those types of things. That I really encourage everybody just take a moment and check out moneyanswers.com. I think you're going to find that it's a, it's a great website. I myself am enjoying it, and I think that Jordan has come up with a great resource. So once again, Jordan Goodman, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to slum it out with us here at the Business Creators Radio Show today. It's been an honor and an education. Thanks so much, Adam. Really appreciate it, and love to help you listeners any way I can. All right. So for everybody listening, this is Adam Homey, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please check out our previous and our upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also do a search on iTunes. Subscribe to us. Let's engage every week, and let's help you win at the game of business and business.